Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. All the things that come along with being unclean apply to you. You can't go fellowship. You can't be at home. You can't live around other people. When you're walking down the street of your leper, what do you have to yell when you see somebody? Unclean. Imagine living and you're walking and there are normal people walking over there and you have to yell out, unclean, so they don't come by you and get contaminated because you're unclean. That's how they had to live their life. And so, like sin, leprosy separates and sin separates, right? In biblical times, if you ever got leprosy, you had to isolate yourself from the rest of society. Life was completely different. You couldn't see your family. You had to be expelled from the camp and you had to make sure everyone else knew you were unclean. Just like leprosy, sin separates too. It separates you from God and enjoying life in His presence. Sin will eventually lead to death, spiritually speaking, just like leprosy. And Pastor Bill wants you to know today how dangerous it is to continue in sin. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Leviticus chapter 11 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Let me explain what leprosy is. And um, it was a big deal in their culture. It's not really something we see or deal with today uh, because it's not something we have today. But leprosy back here was a very serious uh, malady. If you were a leper, it impacted your life in every way. Um, it was a disease for which there was no medical cure. So if someone was, became a leper, they were going to die a leper. Uh, there was no medicinal medical cure. There was no way to be healed of it uh, outside of a touch from God. And so in the natural realm, a leper was going to die a leper. It was a progressive disease. And so once you were found out to be leprous, it wasn't going to turn back. And so if you were a leper, they separated you from everybody else because it was also very contagious. So if you were a leper, you couldn't be with your family. You had to be separated from your people. You had to live in a colony of other lepers. And it was a disease that was a deteriorate. It was one where, well, I want to just be gross, but um, they would lose feeling in their fingers, their toes, things would fall off. Um, it was just something that your body would just start to decay on you. And it was leprosy. There would be sores and swellings and all these sorts of things. Um, and it was something that you would eventually die of. So you didn't want to be a leper. You didn't want to, I mean, I think if I were in that culture as a man, a husband, a dad, a pastor in my community and I got leprosy, I'd have to be put out. I wouldn't be able to be with my wife no more because she catch it. I'd be with my kids, they catch it. I couldn't be around y'all because y'all would catch it. I'd be out there with some other lepers walking around in a leper colony. Um, and so it had to be a very depressing, bummed out thing to be. And so the way that God dealt with it is that they had to come and show themselves to the priest. The priest would be the one to determine um, if it was a leper spot or not. So if you begin to have these spots on you and you look like it might be leprosy, you had to go and show yourself to the priest and he would examine you. And sometimes they would say, go away for seven days, come back, and he would examine you again. And they would determine if indeed what they saw in you was leper. So God is giving them a way to detect it. So um, first they looked and they said, if, if there's a sore where there's hair, if the hair turns white, Said it's leprous indeed, it's leprosy, and they would pronounce you unclean. Um, when they pronounce you unclean, that meant that you couldn't worship, you couldn't go to sanctuary, you couldn't go to the tabernacle, you couldn't gather with the body, you were unclean, you were outside of the camp, you had to be out there. I look at every, in every possible way would impact a person's life, not something that you would want to have. Verse four, 
But if the bright spot is white on the skin of its body and does not appear to be deeper than the skin and its hair has not turned white, then the priest shall isolate the one who has the sore for seven days. So if the hair doesn't turn white and we're not sure it's leprosy, we're going to isolate you for seven days to re-examine you afterwards. Verse six, then the priest shall examine him again on the seventh day. And indeed, if the sore has faded and the sore has not spread on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is only a scab and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. But if the scab should at all spread over the skin after he has been seen by the priest for his cleansing, he shall be seen by the priest again. And if the priest sees that the scab has indeed spread on the skin, the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is leprosy. So if you get pronounced clean and then it starts to spread, they bring you back. You got to be reexamined. If they see that now it's spread all over the place, you're unclean. You'd be considered unclean. And again, all these things would be the case. Um, what I wanted to do, because uh, again, it's a pretty long chapter dealing with all the laws concerning leprosy. I wanted to point out something that we see throughout scripture that leprosy, because it's not something we really deal with today, but leprosy is in so many ways synonymous with sin, um, just like sin in so many ways. And so I wanted to point those out. And then I wanted to look at a story uh, with us in the gospel of Luke. And so first of all, as we look at this story, um, one of the ways that sin is like leprosy is this. If you notice that it would be on the surface and as they looked on the surface of the skin, um, they weren't sure yet if what was going on underneath. It looked like something's going on, but we can't tell yet. So there's something there. We got to examine it further to find out if that's leprosy underneath. We got to watch it for a while. I believe the sin is also that way that sometimes it hides under the surface and it's not clear right up front that you may recognize some of us with kids. We'll look and we'll say something's not right. Something's going on. I don't know what it is. I got a clue that something's going on. You know, my kids are kind of giveaways. You know, they be something on their face and I just can see on the face and I, what's wrong? What's going on? Something happened right now. The face is telling me something under the surface. This should be something right there. You know, uh, my youngest, I remember him one day, you know, whenever I pick him up from school, he would look happy always. I pick him up, hey, he would come to the car all happy, bounding and happy to come to the car. And I remember one day going to pick him up and he was coming to the car. He could have made his face any longer. It was long. It was like, Burr. and I knew when I looked at him, he got in trouble. <laughs> He's probably going to get a spanking. Something bad has happened today, but it was written all over him. I'm looking and sure enough, he got to the car and he's like, I got a red car. You know, he's giving me the whole thing. And so that's what it was. But it was at first sight, it was like, yep, yeah, something's not right. It's not what I'm used to seeing. So with us two, there could be things that are just lying under the surface. You know, everybody can't see it yet. Uh, sometimes, you know, maybe you slacking off in your private life, slacking off in prayer, slacking off in devotions, and nobody can see that right out front. Maybe the people that live with, maybe your husband or wife, maybe your kids, you're just snappy today. Snap, snap, snap. You know, you're just quick to be in a bad place already, and it's, it's starting to show itself. What's that on your skin, Dad? That leprosy you got there, Dad? <laughs> How was that devotion this morning, Dad? You know, Mom or whatever, it, it's just starting to show itself. Um, it lies right under the surface many times. And upon further examination, it'll be shown for what it is. And so sin is like leprosy in that way that as, you know, it's not maybe always seen right up front, just right there under the surface. We got to be careful about that. Um, we don't want things to grow into a place where, you know, it's all over yourself. It's just apparent all over. Um, sometimes, you know, 
the Holy Spirit may just check you when it's just right there and you can deal with it right there. But here, um, again, they would examine it. That's one way in which sin is like leprosy. The second way that sin is like leprosy is we see here that if they were pronounced lepers, they were considered unclean. They were The priests would pronounce them unclean. What that meant for them was that now that you've been pronounced unclean, all the things that come along with being unclean apply to you. You can't go fellowship. You can't be at home. You can't live around other people. When you're walking down the street of your leper, what do you have to yell when you see somebody? Unclean. Imagine living and you're walking and there are normal people walking over there and you have to yell out, unclean, so they don't come by you and get contaminated because you're unclean. That's how they had to live their life. And so, like sin, leprosy separates and sin separates, right? The Bible tells us in Isaiah 59, verses one and two, it says that God's hand is not short, that it cannot save, nor is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But God said, it's your sins that are separated between you and your God. Sin separates us from the Lord. And so in the same way that um, leprosy would bring a separation, we know that sin impacts us in the same way it brings separation between us and the Lord. That's why, you know, as we're looking at maybe people that we love, people that we care for, they don't know the Lord yet. The biggest problem is not what they're doing. The biggest problem is their condition, is that they're separated from God. Sometimes as believers, we lose sight of it. I'm looking at what they're doing. I can't believe they're doing that. They're doing drugs. They're doing sex. They're doing stealing. They're doing whatever they're doing. The big problem is not what they're doing. The big problem is that they're separated from God. They're conditioned before God. They're separated. That's what we're going after. I want to bring reconciliation. Sometimes we have to get our eyes off of what they're doing. They're doing it because they are separated. But we got to go after them saying, I want to see you reconcile to God. You know, in 2 Corinthians 5, Paul said that we've been given every Christian, not just pastors, not just ministers, but every Christian has been given the ministry of reconciliation trying to help people be reconciled to God. God says, it's as though I were pleading through you, telling people to be reconciled to God. Would you come be reconciled? Would you come be with the Lord that God said, I'm giving every Christian that ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. How are you doing with that? As we live in a world full of people that are separated, are we fulfilling our ministry of reconciliation, trying to help people to come to a place of reconciling with the Lord and you know it's like sales anybody here that does sales you get a whole lot of no's before you get a yes but those yeses are awesome they're eternal you might get a hundred people turn you down but if you get one person that says I do want to be right I do want to reconcile recognizing that that's eternal what just happens right there in that moment is eternal It'll never be taken away when someone gets reconciled to God they're reconciled they become his forever and he takes hold of them. What's a big deal? God said, I've given you guys that ministry. Some people forget. Some people feel like that's for the ministers. That's for the pastors. That's the preacher's job. It's all of our job to be on a mission to see people reconciled. So all the people you know that are separated right now. Um, they got that leprosy of sin in their life and it's brought separation between them and God and they're unclean and they're not fit and they don't come before the Lord. Our job is not to be out there acknowledging their uncleanness. We've been given a ministry of reconciliation. Um, they're unclean. That's what they are. They're separated. Absolutely. But this is what we could do about it. Um, ministry of reconciliation. If you want the verses, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, um, verse 18 
through 20. I'll read it to you real quick. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. He's committed to us. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. I love this way, the way God says it here. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Every time I read that, God says, as though I were pleading through you. Anybody ever been like a go-between, you know, where you were speaking for somebody else? Um, maybe you're pleading with someone else. Maybe you had two friends that were in a little tiff and they weren't friends anymore and you were the one going to bring reconciliation between friends and maybe the one with the harder heart, maybe you're there pleading with them. Please just come to this thing. They just want to talk to you. They just want to get it right. You're pleading with them on someone else's behalf. Ain't anything about you. Um, maybe some of you guys have played matchmaker. Uh, I've done this before. Um, and so you're speaking on someone else's behalf. You're telling a friend about somebody else is interested that they scared to say it for themselves. So you're the person you're speaking on their behalf, telling them, Hey, they do like you, you know, you should come to the dinner or whatever. You're in that place right here. God said, I'm giving you guys that ministry, ministry of reconciliation, help people come back to me. So back to our leprosy here. So, um, leprosy and sin again, it's under the surface. Um, like sin, it could be hidden under the surface there. Second way that leprosy and sin are like is that it brings separation. The third way that leprosy and sin are similar is that it's contagious. Uh, leprosy was very contagious. That's why they had to be separate from everybody else. Um, people around would catch it easily. It was easily communicated, easily given over disease. And so you had to get away from everybody. It was highly contagious. Sin is also highly contagious. That's why the Bible over and over again, so many places, the Bible warns us to be careful who we hang out with as Christians because sin is contagious. I know so many people that have felt like I'm super strong. I'm a super Christian. I can hang out with anybody at any time and do anything. I'll be all right. Bible says, let God be true. And every man a what? A liar. If God says you can't do it, you can't do it. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. It's one of the don't be deceived. Every time in your Bible, God opens a phrase with don't be deceived. It's because many people are deceived in that area and he's fixing it for us. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, God says, do not be deceived. Bad company or evil company corrupts good character, good morals. Bad company or evil company will corrupt good morals. The word corrupt there, it speaks of what happens to a body in a grave. Uh, a body in a grave is deteriorating, it's, it's corrupting, it's decaying in the grave. God says that's what bad company will do to someone that has good morals. You take a kid that's been raised in a Christian home, Christian atmosphere for their whole life. 18 years they've been raised this way. And then stick them around a bunch of non-believers for a little small amount of time and it'll have a corrupting effect on them. Why? Why is that? Because Bible says don't be deceived. Evil company will corrupt. It'll be like it never happened. When I went to college, I wasn't saved when I first went. I went to Dominguez Hills. And when I got there, I went with the intentions to turn up. And it wasn't even called turn up back then. But it was my whole intention in going was I was going to go tear up at that place and party, party as much as I could. And that's what I did. Um, 
Like I said, I wasn't saved. I didn't know God. I was lost as I could be at that period of my life. Um, but I remember meeting people there that had, you know, come from different places. They were living on campus and you would just hear how people would come from different places. And I'm an adult now. And so I look back and I see it with different eyes. And I would just you see kids whose parents had raised them up a certain way and had all kind of hopes and aspirations for how well they'd be doing as they're away at school. And they're probably proud at home saying, oh, yes, little Jimmy's there. He's at college. He's living on campus. But I'm there with little Jimmy. Little Jimmy ain't never drank. I'm mixing drinks. I'm saying, man, you got everybody drink this and smoke that and run over here. And I watched kids the whole time I was there drink for the first time and never stop. Get high for the first time and keep it rolling. Um, and I can name other things. I won't defile you tonight. But just a little while of making bad friends. They should have made better friends. They shouldn't have made friends with me at that period of time. You know, bad company will corrupt good morals. So in the same way that sin, it has a corrupting effect. It does. Um, in the same way leprosy is contagious, sin is the same way. We have to be careful who we hang out with. Um, be cautious. Who we call friend who we spend our time, just kind of relaxed time, hanging out with. We have to be careful as believers. Even if we're strong in the Lord and we're walking for a long time, the Bible can't be wrong. And so God said, I don't care how long I've been saved and I'm a pastor. There are people that I can't kick it with. There are people that can't be my friends, um, that I can't hang out, relax with them because of how they're living. God says, hey, be careful. Don't be deceived, Bill. Bad company will corrupt your good character, your good morals. It'll just corrode away. You know why? Because underneath, you know what I am still? I'm a sinner. So I still live in this flesh. I'm still carnal to the core. And so giving myself in a wrong situation, wrong scenarios, my default setting is not holy. My default setting is not spiritual. It's carnal. And so I got to be careful. But I, I will say this, you know, before we get off of this, hanging out with the right people have the opposite effect. Second Timothy 2.22, you know, Paul told Timothy that, you know, flee you for us, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who are calling on the Lord out of a pure heart. God said, man, find you some people that are calling on me out of a pure heart and run with them. Y'all encourage each other along the way. So sin is um, like leprosy in that it hides under the surface. Like leprosy in that um, it brings separation. Like leprosy in that it's contagious. And the fourth and final way that it's like leprosy and sin are synonymous is this. For leprosy, there was no medicinal cure. There was nothing man could do to cure you of leprosy. The only provision made in the word of God was provision made that if God healed you of it, and we'll see that later on as we continue through the laws concerning it, the provision made in the word of God for the leprosy being cleansed or gone away, it was a provision that would require God's touch. The only way a leper could be cleansed is if God healed him. God touched him. And so it's the same way with sin. There's nothing any human being can do to deal with my sin. There's nothing a person can do to help deal with your sin. There's nothing you can do or I can do to deal with our own sin. It requires a touch from God. The only way our sin can be washed away, the only way our sin can be dealt with, it requires the involvement of God, that God would touch us, that God would heal us, that God would bring deliverance to us. And so um, like leprosy, the only known cure is a touch from the Lord. The only way that we can be cured, cleansed, ministered to of our sin, our sins washed away, is going to be a touch from the Lord. Um, I like to close. I like everybody to turn to Luke chapter 17. I want to just look at briefly the story here of the 10 lepers. 
Luke chapter 17. When you get it, say got it. We'll be looking at verses 12 through 19. All right, Luke 17, starting at verse 12, it says, Then he entered, speaking of Jesus, a certain village, and there met him there ten men who were lepers, and they stood afar off. Why did they stand afar off? Because they were unclean. And it says, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So these ten men that were lepers, um, again, they're separated. They know it. It says that they stood afar off because they had to. And when they saw the Lord, it says that they cried out. They lifted up their voices. They yelled out. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And we know this. We don't know who the lepers were. We don't know what kind of spiritual background they have. But they recognized Jesus. And they called him. And they called him Jesus. And they called him Master. And they asked him to have mercy upon them. They realized that obviously they believed that he could heal them and they were crying out for him to have mercy. Verse 14, so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. Just like what we just read. If you were cleansed of your leprosy, the provision made was you go back to the priest and they would examine you to determine whether or not you had been cleansed and if so, you had to offer offering, so forth and so on. So it says, so Jesus told him, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. I don't want to skip over that. They were cleansed as they went in obedience to his word. Jesus said, go, show yourself to the priest. They could have said, but I still see leprosy on me. So I'm going to go when I start to be cleansed. But Jesus said, go, and they went, and it was as they went that they were cleansed. I think that's so important. That many times God tells us to do things that don't make any sense, things that we can't see yet, um, what does it require? If you can't see it yet, and you got to act like you see it. What does that require? Faith, right? The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. And so God required them to walk by faith. Walk by faith to go see the priest, to show him that you're cleansed. Well, as they first were getting ready to head out, they had not been cleansed yet. But it said as they went, they were cleansed. Um, as they were on their way, they were cleansed. Verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, Return with a loud voice and glorify God. And so I just, in this story here, 10 guys are cleansed, they're healed of their leprosy. Um, again, what that would have meant for them at that time, it'd be like somebody with the final stages of AIDS today, HIV, they're at the final stages being healed. Not gonna die, not contagious. You can get them out of the hospital. You can go home. All that's back off the table. I mean, they were able to go back into society, back into life. Um, a big thing had been done for them and the healing of their leprosy. And as is so often the case, they were very passionate in their request from the Lord. But when they have received their healing, only one of them is going to return to say thanks. And I think that's many times how we are, that when we're desperate for something from the Lord, Lord, we're crying out, Master, just you're praying, you're believing, you're seeking him, you're all up in his face. But after we've been healed, after we've been delivered, after whatever happens, whatever has been granted, many times we just forget. People forget there's no passion in worship afterwards. 
There's no passionate thank you to the Lord. We don't meet God. Our begging is much more passionate than our thanksgiving. Um, Something we should all be careful about. God should not only see me excited to be in his presence when I'm coming asking. That's all we have time for today on The Transforming Word. But we're so glad you joined us for today's teaching on Pastor Bill. As we continue learning from the book of Leviticus together, our prayer is that you begin to understand where you come from. Knowing your roots is so important to understanding your faith and the heart of God. You may think all the rules within the Bible are outdated or just plain don't make sense, but they were there for a reason. They weren't there to punish, but rather to guide. And who doesn't need a little guidance from time to time? We hope you continue to learn more from the book of Leviticus and encourage you to read on on your own. If you're interested in hearing additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you'll find them on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. If you live in or near the Inglewood area, we'd love to meet you and invite you to join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at calvaryinglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person, and you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. As we come to the end of our time with you today, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience. Would you join us in praying for others who are tuning in and possibly hearing about Jesus for the first time? Please pray that their hearts will be open to the truth that changes lives. Thanks for praying, and thanks for joining us on A Transforming Word.